back to the Elemental Evan Show. Thank you all once again for tuning in on a Wellness Wednesday here. I have a very special guest today. So this is a former NFL fullback, as well as the owner and founder of Life Fuel. That's life with a Y instead of an I. And yeah, super excited to bring this guy on. Welcome, Chris, to the show. How's it going, Chris? It's going great. Thanks for having me, Ted. All righty, Chris. Uh, I know I've already chatted with you a little bit here, but let's go ahead and just kind of introduce you to the listeners here. So let's start off with where you're from and also where you're so currently I'm, living. Sorry. Yeah, originally from Southern California, Newport Beach, and I'm currently living in Sardinia, Italy, as I'm going through the dual citizenship process. Yeah, no, I mean, we were just talking about it, but Sardinia, I mean, you can't choose a better place to live, especially as a as a health enthusiast and expert as yourself. So that's really, really cool. We'll definitely dive into that more. Um, and then let's go ahead and see what's, uh, what's a, one of your favorite quotes and then one of your favorite books. So a favorite quote of mine, uh, I love the quote from, from Gladiator, actually. What we do in life echoes in eternity. Um, so it's always stuck with me. And there, there's another one above um, my high school weight room um, which was, have you done everything uh, today to make yourself better? Have you done everything to make the team uh, better? And then how do I want to be remembered? Um, so that's one is always stuck with me as well. Uh, favorite book, I'd say The Obstacle is the Way is, is definitely high up on my list. Um, I think that's been... Um, you know, important for me, both in, you know, athletics, but really in business too, right? There's always challenges that get thrown our way. And oftentimes we want to quit and give up, but it's getting through and overcoming those um, challenges that make us stronger and more resilient, ultimately uh, lead us to that, that next, uh, I guess, benchmark on our, our journey. Man, that's, that's really cool. Sorry. The name of the book was uh, the obstacle is the way. Yeah. Ryan holiday. Oh, oh, by Ryan Holiday. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. I'm definitely going to have to check out that book. I've read, um, uh, he also put the Daily Stoic, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That guy's awesome. And then it's so funny you mentioned a quote from your football weight room because it's the same thing for me in high school. Like we had one that was uh, preparing or no, uh, failing to prepare is preparing to fail. And yeah, yeah. it's like always <laughs> sticks with you. You know what I mean? Uh, so that's definitely. really cool. Very awesome. And then um, so, now let's go ahead and dive in a bit to let's kind of walk through how you got to the point in life that you're at now where you, you know, started as this football athlete and then made your way to now owning Life Fuel and founding it. And not only that, but from personal experience being in football and knowing just how animal based um, the food and dieting is, you know, as far as like at least the protein shakes go, right? Um, and then moving now to, I don't know if you're hundred percent plant-based or what, um, but I know obviously life fuel is. And, uh, so maybe we could just kind of walk through that whole process. Yeah. Um, so I guess all of us have our, our personal, uh, relationship and personal journey as it comes to food and really how we fuel our bodies. And, and for quite a long time, for me, that was always around, you know, performance and, and really thinking about diet and nutrition as um, a way to, you know, um, fuel my, you know, high active, active lifestyle, um, perform at a high level, but also recover from, you know, the, that daily beating that I always put my body through um, as an athlete. And, 
you know, that started at a very early age for me. Um, you know, when I was playing uh, football in, in youth sports, right? There's certain weight requirements per age group, at least in California. And I was, you know, on the heavier side at a certain point in time. Like I was very lean for a while. I was swimming a lot, like, you know, played four or five different sports constantly, baseball, basketball, swimming, you name it. But there was a period of time where I got a little chubby as a kid and I didn't meet that weight requirement. And so I remember trying everything to lose the weight in a very short amount of time um, prior to, you know, fall rolling around the corner. So I was running in like trash bags, you know, this wetsuit or whatever, yep. trying to lose weight. And I did this, this diet, it was the cabbage soup diet. That was like this crash diet that, you know, it works, but you're not really getting any nutrition and it's absolutely miserable. Um, Cause that's all you eat is this, this soup for like a week straight or something. Um, but obviously that's my, I guess, uh, understanding of nutrition and diet uh, continue to evolve mostly um, because of what I had learned or what been, had been told through, you know, dietitians and nutritionists that were helping me kind of optimize around uh, weight, weight gain later um, when I changed positions, you know, at the collegiate level, um, putting on enough weight and keeping that weight on was always a, a battle for me. Um, and so, you know, my plate was constantly filled up with a ton of animal proteins and guzzling down whey protein shakes constantly and just trying to get, you know, enough calories in to keep pace with that, um, demand of the training and how much is, is going out as well. And so, you know, just eating became like full-time chore in and of itself, you know, you sit down to a training table after practice and just, you know, literally just plate after plate of food until you can't move. Like you're so just like stuck, but you had to do it because you needed the caloric load. And that's really, you know, the efficiency of calories in like protein shakes um, helped kind of ease some of that burden because you're able to get, you know, a, a higher caloric load without all the same, you know, volume and digestion and everything that goes along with consuming those, those high amount of calories. Um, but then it was really post football career, I think in the NFL, where I finally started waking up to like, there's, you know, another way I saw some of the guys like Tony Gonzalez, future hall of famer or current hall of famer, um, the way that they were eating and they were like filling their diets in place with more plant-based foods and not all this like animal protein and, um, really started to look more into that, but it was my first time living abroad in Italy where I was transitioning away from football. I was playing football in Italy actually, but kind of preparing my mind to think about what's next where I saw, you know, the cultural differences in the Italian way of living and, and really the diet and how, um, contrast that was to everything that you know i'd grown up doing and learned even as a as an athlete right uh playing at the highest level and so really you know taught me to start to focus on and ask the question okay where's food coming from how is it processed like what are all these things involved with you know what we ultimately use to fuel our body and and taking a, a slower more mindful approach to that process and then you know, ultimately that became amplified when I started to work in the um, world of nutrition professionally. I was working um, at a company that was the market leader in bariatric nutrition, which is people who are preparing for weight loss surgery or undergoing some sort of medical weight loss program. And um, 
you know, I was kind of awakened to a more functional holistic approach to, to wellness, but also like these underlying nutritional deficiencies that were not only prevalent in like that patient population, but the widespread, you know, American population due to how much our food system has changed in, in such a short period of, of time. And so I think that combination of both my personal journey, um, you know, firsthand professional experience in the field of nutrition, and then a constant um, elevation of education. I went through uh, Dr. Campbell's uh, plant-based nutrition course and studied Ayurveda and just kind of, you know, wow. tried to get up to speed in all these different, you know, disciplines and dietary theories and kind of sort through all that to see what makes sense and trying to distill it down with a core set of principles that get back to, okay, well, what is actually important for, you know, long-term health. And, um, you know, that always pointed back to a largely whole food plant-based diet, not necessarily veganism, but like a plant centric approach. Um, and personally through testing all these different diets from veganism to ketogenic diets to, I think we, the company I was working for actually had one of the first ketogenic programs on the market for medical weight loss. Um, you know, it just, the plant-based approach, plant-centered approach is really what was transformative for me and had the most like underlying science in terms of benefits and everything else. And, you know, you look at a Mediterranean diet, which is largely plant-based. And, you know, as we were discussing before the, the show, you know, a lot of the, the blue zones around the planet, that is, you know, it's not a vegan diet, but it is a plant-centric diet where they're consuming mostly plant-based foods. Yeah. So <laughs> there's a lot in there. A lot to um, back. Yeah. Yeah. But there's a few points that I really wanted to touch on. And um, number one is changing your diet from being in football to going to just normal life is, I think, a really difficult thing, especially as, um, you know, being, well, in general, at the high level, like you said, you're just trying to pack on calories. But I'm thinking like when I was in high school and I was a lineman, all the linemen were like, yeah, obviously huge, you know, and it's just eat, eat, eat. And really kind of a blessing in disguise for me was when I did wrestling and I actually had to cut weight. And so now the opposite was true for me. And uh, I see a lot of people who, you know, they were eating a certain way in football where it's like smashing two breakfast burritos in the morning, you know, and, and just like then a donut after. And, and, you know, it's like just crazy eating styles, which is, I, I, I wouldn't say okay, but like you're putting it to use when you're working like three and a half hours a day, you know, being very physical, but that transition into now being very kind of sedentary, but then still eating that way is, is super detrimental. And I've seen it firsthand with a lot of people. Um, so that's really amazing that you found, uh, well, like you said, there were people that you recognized were kind of doing more of a plant-based diet and that helped you kind of come to it for yourself. Right. Yeah, definitely. And I think it was also just kind of some of the um, side effects that I started to notice, notice from like a health standpoint, right? Like I had constant heartburn, you know, my gut was always a mess, gastrointestinal issues when I like sit down and eat that, you know, uh, large animal based diet or have a whey protein shake or something. Um, my energy levels would kind of be up and down throughout the day. Um, and there was just a lot of things that I didn't always 
you know, equate with nutrition. I just thought it was, you know, part of the normal fatigue that you experience as an athlete, just kind of part of the, you know, that process. But it was um, because I didn't have to, you know, hit linebackers in the mouth or defensive ends that are 260, 300 pounds anymore. I didn't need to be 240 plus pounds either. Right. And so, you know, at that weight, I was also, I was, you know, my body hurt a lot more because I was just carrying way more unnecessary weight um, than I needed to. So it was a personal mission of mine to kind of reshape my body, lean out considerably. And um, I think the biggest thing that you said is, is being more mindful about eating and the way that you're fueling your body because you have been conditioned as an athlete to eat a certain way for so long and so if you don't kind of rethink and reframe like the purpose of fuel and, and how much you actually need and the way that you're eating it's very easy to continue on the same you know habits that uh, you developed as an athlete and I, I still to this day when I get together with you know buddies of mine who I played college or professional football with like you go out to eat and it's like oh my gosh like it's just so much food and it's just like what are we doing we're not you know 20, 20 years old anymore trying to prepare for an upcoming season right but a lot of them you know never went through that process of really kind of reteaching themselves how to eat for the 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 next phase in life after football yeah that's yeah, you're hitting the nail on the head. Absolutely. Um, it's, it's crazy to think back the amounts of food I used to just crush on certain days, but, uh, that's also, and you were kind of mentioning with like the blue zones, uh, being, you know, definitely a plant-based diet. And I have so many people ask me all the time, like, Oh, like what's like, what's the ideal diet? Like, what should I be doing? And realistically, I think it kind of depends on the person, you know, I think we're all very unique and individual. And I just highly advocate for look, if you're eating the standard American diet, or just like a highly processed food diet, then like, just pick one, just pick uh, any, any, I don't care if it's vegan or carnivore, like just pick one and start becoming, like you said, mindful of your food, and really putting the intention behind it. Because what's going to end up happening is you're going to inevitably see some changes. And then that's going to lead you down a path that's going to kind of like fit, you're, you're going to find the right diet that fits you, you know, and, uh, you know, I, I have certain general broad, like diets to give. And a lot of times they do highly include a lot of plants, because they're just, you know, like, if you look at these blue zones, they're, you know, that's what they eat is, uh, and being that you live in Sardinia, I kind of also wanted to ask, like, what do you see them typically eating? Because I've heard, you know, through talks and stuff that, obviously it's very plant-based. Um, maybe they eat like a little prosciutto and stuff after church on Sundays or, you know, on big holidays, they'll, you know, have a, you know, roast a pig or something like that. Um, but what, what's kind of your firsthand account with seeing what their diet's like and, and not only that, but also their lifestyle. Cause I know that plays a huge role in longevity. Yeah. And that's, I was actually going to start with that, right? It's not just the dietary factor alone. It's not just the richness of the wine, right? Higher uh, antioxidant content. It's all these things, right? So when you're you're living here, you're seeing, you know, the elderly ladies going walking to the market 
every single day and they might be walking, you know, just last weekend, you know, carrying three or four bags, you know, tiny little Italian ladies, but going to like the uh, permanent farmer's market here, going in and get everything that they need for oftentimes that day or maybe just the next few days, right? And they're doing that pretty consistently. And, you know, here in Sardinia too, when you get into the actual regions that are like more highly concentrated, um, with centenarians like it's very hilly right so you're walking up and down hills constantly and a lot of those other you know things that are you know commonplace in italian society right that also contribute to longevity and health right good uh social circle and you know uh, belief in a higher power and all these other things beyond diet and nutrition but when you consider you know the food the fuel that we put in our body is the number one thing that you know, nourishes us and also um, how, depending on what we choose, prevents us from consuming a lot of toxins and other, you know, chemicals, which inhibit um, health and longevity. That's really the key, right? So it's beyond just any specific dietary dogma. I'm 100% uh, in line with what you said, like diets until we get to a place of like deep personalization that's factoring in, you know, personal goals, uh, genetics, uh, existing biomarkers, and all of that, we're so far away from what, you know, an optimal diet is, because there's no one size fits all approach to dieting and nutrition. There's an underlying set of principles that when applied will equate to long-term health and high performance, right? And I think the biggest part here in Sardinia is getting like that localized approach to food. Like we had, you know, people would just bring us like baskets of vegetables, fruits and vegetables, because there's so much abundance that they can't even eat it all. Right. You see wow. cit citrus just growing, you know, on <laughs> like a whole row of trees in the middle of the city, like one citrus tree after another. Right. And during the winter months, it's just, it's incredible. It's so flavorful. The, the, the tomatoes are so full of flavor, like all that stuff. Right. So it's, and it's not exclusion or demonizing any specific food group because there's still definitely animal foods on the plate, but you're looking at the, the, the cheese that they produce here. It's more sheep based cheese, right? It's pecorino or goat based cheese, way less, you know, you're not seeing industrialized dairy farm cheeses that are like this weird neon orange color. Like yeah. they're not even that it's just like unrecognizable. Right. So the, I guess that slow food movement, the way that they, the time that they take to prepare food and how local it is, is definitely, I think one of the biggest factors because food doesn't travel, you know, completely around the world necessarily before it reaches their plate. It's, it's really locally sourced, what they can grow, what they can preserve and ferment um, because that's what you had to do. You think about it like way, way back when, and, and you really get into it. Like the Sardinian culture is quite interesting because it's been, you know, transitioned from so many different, you know, uh, times throughout and influenced by so many different eras, the Roman era, Phoenician era, the Paleolithic era, yeah. all have a, a mark on like how, you know, uh, the culture here, but think back to when we didn't have refrigerators and everything on demand, you had to find these natural ways of preserving and storing food, right? And those are still largely used in Italian culture, like prosciutto, like you said, right? These cured meats that, you know, are, are, are good for a very long time, but it's not the cornerstone 
of the diet by by any stretch of the imagination. Being an island, obviously, seafood is still you know a big part of you know the diet as well. So it's it's still varied, but again, plant centric. Um, not plant exclusive, but also those other things that are on the plate. It's a totally different fuel source than an industrialized, ultra-processed, you know, what passes as food in American society today. Oh, man. I mean, that is, <laughs> the knowledge you just shared right there was amazing. And that's, that's perfect. Yeah. Um, it definitely, health doesn't boil down to just what you're eating. It boils down to your lifestyle, right? So Absolutely. like you said, getting out and walking and that's one thing where um you know like i don't live in like la la but you know one thing i do like and actually la is a pretty bad example because everyone drives everywhere but if you take like san francisco right where there's a lot of hill hills and stuff and and people are actually walking to places you know it's not just hopping in your car to go down to the grocery store like you just walk there and i think that's something that we're really missing um mainly here in the united states i think uh because we do drive a lot um, and then the other point of that is just having fresh food, having a good and like close relationship with your food, you know, that I, I really advocate for, like grow your own food if you're able to, even if it's just a little something on your balcony, do it because when you taste a tomato, or like you said, a citrus fruit, when you like pick it from the tree, it's completely different you unless you go to a farmer's market, you're really not going to get anything close to that, you know, and that's super important, you know, finding whole foods, like the closest you could get to the source, regardless of what kind of food it is, like the better it's going to be for you. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, the soil health and all that, you know, the stuff that's not in your food, when you can grow your own food, like, I mean, you just have more peace of mind and, and the nutritional quality is going to be higher than anything that you ever get at this, the supermarket. Right. And I think that's often why it can be challenging sometimes to adopt a more plant centric diet. It's like, if you're still relying on like common, you know, grocery stores to get everything, a lot of the taste and nutrients have been stripped from the food. Like you bite into a tomato that you get uh, at the supermarket, there's no flavor in it. There's not, you know, it's not enjoyable to eat. Right. Yep. And so what happens, right. You seek out these ultra processed foods that, you know, they could be plant-based, right. But aren't necessarily nutrient dense. Right. So it's, it's the balancing of the two, right. Without nutrient density, um, you know, you're not going to have the whole, the, the most healthful diet. Being it's plant-based, yes, it could be a better option from an environmental standpoint, but doesn't necessarily equate to the most healthful option. I think that's that's the challenging thing, you know, um, in you know Western diets is like, okay, this checks a lot of the buzz. It's natural, it's organic, it's you know all the buzzwords, right? Yeah. But when you get down to it, is it real food? Should be the question. And then if it is, like, how much stuff? is not on it, it's not gone mm -hmm. in it, how processed it is, right? And the closer you can get back to nature um, and, and localizing that, the better off you're gonna be. Yeah, no, that's that's incredible. Um, and then basically I can already see, so it sounds like your time in Italy and really experiencing this um, more plant-centric diet is what definitely led you maybe to founding Life Fuel, right? Um, cause just even looking at the website and seeing all the different ingredients, which by the way, I really enjoyed the fact that you include some sea vegetables in there as well. Um, that's so huge, especially with, you know, iodine deficiencies and just thyroid problems in general. Like, I think that's amazing that you're adding that in there. And it's something a lot of people don't even realize that they're missing, you know? 
Yeah, that was really the aha moment. So it was in part, you know, my time living in Italy and <clears throat> really starting to understand the benefit of having a more plant-centric lifestyle, right? And all these other factors that contribute to long-term health. Um, but also my time at that bariatric nutrition company working and seeing the way that, you know, like the PhD staff there, uh, their functional approach to, to health and a, a science first based approach. And then looking at like the broader supplement industry and going, oh my gosh, like <laughs> this is a nightmare because there's so much stuff that, you know, because it's a supplement or natural, people just assume that it's good for them. Right. But when you really, right. you know, pull back the layers of that onion, you know, it, it suffers from the same, you know, challenges that exist in, in the industrialized food system, right? It's the, the core starting or the, the core pillars of how those products are made are not founded in natural ingredients or whole food based ingredients. And so at Life Fuel, we knew, okay, you know, people aren't slowing down tomorrow unfortunately like you know we would all love to live like italians and have more right. space and time to, to be present but american culture is just not that way right so people are going to continue to seek out these you know convenient fuel sources to you know keep pace with their on-demand lifestyles how can we do that in a more efficient way that starts and ends with real whole foods, but still gives people uh, what's missing in the diet. And that's really what we look to do from a nutritional formulation standpoint is we looked at the science and okay, well, what's missing largely in, you know, the, the diet, even when you're eating, you know, a nutrient rich, like healthy, you know, plant centric diet, it's still really challenging to get things like magnesium and iodine and vitamin D and vitamin K2 and, you know, all these essential vitamins and minerals that are so um, important for overall health, right? Because each one plays a, a, an important role in the body. You look at vitamin D, it's more a hormone than it is, is an actual vitamin, right? Magnesium is involved in over like, I don't know, a thousand or 2000 processes in the body. Yeah. Right. And, you know, the way that we formulated our essential shake was like, okay, how do we, you know, combine all these starting with real whole foods and, you know, make that an addition, delicious, clean and convenient fuel source. And the, I guess the aha paper that I read was Dr. Bruce Ames nutritional triage theory of aging, which posits when you don't have um, adequate amounts of any one or more of these essential vitamins and minerals, your body basically flips a switch from prioritizing for long-term health to short-term survival, right? And so mm. if you're not getting iodine, if you're not getting vitamin D in adequate amounts, um, you know, your body goes into that, you know, fight or flight mode and say, okay, where can I get this from? Can I take it from your hair or your nails or like, where can I get this, this nutrient that I need for these processes? um that i'm responsible to do to keep you alive and healthy and all that stuff so um it's that's that's our approach it's um vastly different than what just like a supplement company is and it's it's a holistic approach because it's not just these isolated nutrients right you think of when you bite into an apple right there's so many different enzymatic processes you're not just getting an isolated nutrient you're getting fiber you're getting all these you know uh phytonutrients and vitamins and minerals. And so we wanted to preserve, um, you know, that nutritional integrity of food. And by, you know, working with our suppliers, the farmers, we're able to get it when it's picked and fresh, 
preserve it through minimally processing, you know, either drying it, freeze drying it, drying it, um, or other methods that still retain all the, that nutritional value that don't diminish by picking it too early, having it sit on a truck for, you know, 10,000 miles. And then, you know, which has led to a decrease in, I think, 30% or more of the nutrient value that we, we see in food today. Yeah. And that's so huge. Uh, I just like even under, uh, on your website, you know, you can look at the sustainability factor of it. And you kind of mentioned the working hand in hand with farmers, you know, going that extra step to really ensure that the produce is as fresh as it possibly can be. And then also, um, I just want to personally give you a little applaud, uh, on the compostable packaging. Like, I think that's really, really cool. Uh, as you know, when I was going through college, uh, I wanted to go for environmental, um, like a environmental science kind of category, but uh, I wasn't too fond of the chemistry that they had in there. So I decided to go for international <laughs> relations with uh, my focus on global environment. But realistically, um, that's such a huge thing as, as, as a company to make sure that, you know, your packaging is not going to be around for the next million years is a really huge thing. So uh, I applaud you on that specifically. I think that's incredible. And is that just kind of like, out of the fondness of your heart or is that because just like once again through living in in Sardinia and seeing kind of like the relationship with the land yeah I think it's it's all that right it's our approach to continue to evolve our business and our products as you know uh technology and innovation happens in the marketplace like we you know, when we started Life Fuel, I was like, like, I want zero waste packaging and I want it to turn into a tree when you're done and like all these like crazy ideas that get tossed around, right? But then as you get into like the actual nuts and bolts of manufacturing a product, there's always trade-offs and stuff that happens and there's costs and all that, right? That goes into actually creating a, a viable, um, sustainable business, right? But it's always been at the, the heart of what we're doing. It started obviously with the ingredients and we continue to push in that direction. Um, we moved from, you know, the like uh, post-consumable recyclable tubs into flexible packaging, but then learned that that's not, you know, zero waste. And so there's, you know, this next big push that we're now making, we worked with a sustainable packaging designer out of Canada, that part of our commitment to one another was to kind of push into this direction. It was something that we always wanted to do, but there's so much greenwashing and stuff that exists in the industry, right? And then when you get into like the... The nature of what goes into the products themselves right compostable isn't always the ideal scenario right and when it comes to compostable is it industrial compostable or is it home compostable if it's industrial compostable a lot of the cities aren't yet set up to really handle that so it goes into a landfill anyway so what we're actually doing and we're in the transition of this now is we're looking at infinitely recyclable packaging that starts from plant-based material like a, a sugar cane or something like that and then can be recycled again and again and again so there's no waste in that system either and it actually is more durable in terms of protecting the interior con uh, contents of that from sun, heat, and moisture, which is critical to keeping the nutrients of our powders and bars and other stuff that we have coming down the line intact. In but it's been very insightful to go through this. You know, um, it's been a big part of our mission to, to be zero waste, which is more than just, you know, compostable or recyclable or whatever, but being mindful about all these different factors that go into um, our business and making a product and how we can, um, you know, minimize our 
carbon footprint and try to put more back into the world than we're taking from it. And that's really been at the core and the heart of you know our mission at Life Fuel. And it's obviously smart business for us to do that, right? Because if we continue to deplete our natural resources at the rate that we're doing now, I mean, it's a very scary situation in a very short amount of time here, right? So we need to kind of invest in the farmers in supply chains that, you know, help to minimize the damage that we're collectively doing to the planet and also hopefully get people, inspire people to make more mindful decisions about the way that they're fueling their bodies and then other choices as well. And that's something I've experienced in my life. There's kind of this spillover effect and maybe it starts with nutrition and food. Maybe it starts somewhere else, but you start to start to question, start to, you know, make little micro choices around you know the clothing that you wear or you know what you know you're building your house with or whatever you know it just gets bigger and bigger what type of car you're driving right because you're just more you have a heightened awareness to it and, and those little decisions um really do matter yeah absolutely and honestly from the bottom of my heart thank you for being one of uh you know, I would say one of the trailblazers in doing this, you know, um, I know there are other companies who are now starting to catch on to the trend. And I think that's amazing. But um, yeah, you know, I think as a consumer, it is our uh, duty kind of to, you know, vote with the dollar and everything and, and, and support companies such as Life Fuel that are, you know, focused on making sure that, you know, the impact is very minimal. And so I really, really do appreciate that. Uh, I think everyone should appreciate that. And also, I think, you know, at the highest level as a company, that's kind of where a lot of the change can happen, because it's one thing to educate everybody and say, hey, we all need to stop using plastic bags and blah, blah, blah. And then it's another thing to just tell the companies, hey, like, let's do this shift, you know, and then the yeah. consumer kind of in a way doesn't even have to think about it, they can just continue the process. But um, yeah, that's really incredible. And I appreciate that a lot. Yeah, I, I totally agree. It needs to be a top-down and a bottom-up approach at the same time, right? And like, if you think about it, you know, a simple example is like, if you just take all plastic bags out of grocery stores and not give the consumer a choice anymore, it's either you're carrying what you could carry out of the store in your arms or you're buying, you know, a reusable bag, like don't even let that be an option. And that's like an example of top-down, right? And then the, the bottom-up, the, the consumer could come to the store with their bags already and they're, you know, saving a, a buck or whatever on not having to do that. Right. But like that, you know, hard line, drawing a hard line in the sand saying, okay, no, we're just not making that an option anymore because, you know, we can't continue to deplete our, our planet, all these resources and, and, you know, just continue to use, you know, single use plastics and all that, but you give, you know, no decision. And then, you know, um, consumers are still empowered to decide how far they want to go along that route. Are they fine paying the buck every time they go to the grocery store? Cool. You know, right. But, right. You know, like just don't give them the option because, you know, as consumers typically, you know, whatever's convenient is what we're going to like the, the price of convenience, like people are willing to pay so much for that. And so as long as it's there, like everything else kind of gets minimized as a, as a result. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I, I, I love how you put that, though. Yeah, like, uh, uh, from the bottom and the top, you know, from like coming from both directions, like it really does need to be something that is actively being done on both sides. Um, yeah, yeah. So thank you on that. And then uh, I also wanted to kind of cycle back real quick to life fuel. Um, so just a personal question was, 
uh, out of your products, what's kind of a, maybe like your best seller, but also just what would be the number one, um, product recommendation you would have for people, you know, looking into, uh, purchasing one of your products. Yeah. So the essential shake for us, that was our hero product. That's really where we started the business was around, okay, how do we, you know, do something different? We don't want to be a, you know, another nutrition company that's trying to sell a hundred different products, right? Here's right. Your vitamin D and B12. So we wanted to create a comprehensive solution that truly gave you everything that you need based off real science. And there's nothing else on the market that really comes close to what we've got. There's some green powders out there that don't have protein. They've got great vitamin and mineral content. There's multivitamins that are super targeted, but they're still missing all the phytonutrients and protein and all that other stuff. So that essential shake is the most comprehensive product on the market. Nothing comes close. And there's what we're doing with a new round of innovation, probably launching the next two or three months. It's something I've been actively, I feel like I've been working on it for as long as we've launched the first, you know, one, but, um, you know, when this launch is pretty exciting because that's the first completely 100% food-based um, source of nutrition for what we're doing and the levels and all that that we're doing it in. So that's really the best place to start. It was designed to be used as a daily shake that's giving you that full spectrum of vitamins, minerals, phytonutrients, proteins, omegas, like in the right amounts and quantities. So more of what's typically lacking or, or missing. So really high levels of vitamin D, K2, which is almost nobody gets at all, unless they're eating a lot of fermented foods in the diet. Uh, magnesium, as we touched on, iodine, um, you know, choline, all this stuff that's super, super important, but very, very difficult to get through diet alone. And so um, that's really a, a vertical that we're going to kind of push into more is this um, keeping a similar micronutrient um, profile around that to think about new ways to get that daily dose of essential vitamins and minerals and, and proteins. So we've got a bar that's rolling out here in the next couple of months that is very similar nutritional profile to those shakes. Um, at some point we'll do like a ready to drink for, for even, uh, more convenience, but that's really kind of that hero category for us is around the essential nutrition. And, and right now our shake is the best option. I uh, really, I really enjoy that. Um, be, especially with all the added, like you said, vitamin D and K, you know, all those are really, really important. And for people who are thinking like, well, I don't really take supplements and all that. Uh, the best way I've heard it explained to me is just, first off, if you are eating a highly processed diet, then yeah, you're not really getting the full nutrients that you really should be. But then also just through things such as like monocropping and things where we're really depleting the soil, you know, an apple today, as compared to an apple 100 years ago, does have a different, you know, profile as far as like nutrient densities in it, right? So in a way, it's like, even if you are eating pretty clean, which is, I'm sure you're getting a lot of the needs met, but even still, it's, it's important to take certain supplements that especially we're deficient in, like you said, the vitamin D and the K2 and, and the um, uh, iodine and, and just, uh, you know, magnesium, all these different uh, vitamins and minerals that we're really just not getting enough of is important to get. And I think having something like this uh, shake that you can make, you know, super easy is, is a great way to do it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I think the other thing too, right, as people kind of seek out these more specialty diets, whether that's a keto diet or a vegan diet or 
right? So by limiting the entire entire food groups, um, you're also limiting your you know vitamin and mineral uptake from those food groups. So I'm not saying it's impossible to get everything you need on a vegan diet, but pretty much every vegan knows they need a vitamin B12 supplement, right? <laughs> they want to thrive. Most most like you're not getting enough DHA, right? So like, you know, it's sure an ideal world, we would all get everything that we need from food. The reality is we're simply not right. And we wouldn't see chronic lifestyle related um, diseases at the way that we see them today. We wouldn't see nutrient related deficiencies at the rate we see them today, if that were true, right? So Again, like I would love to never have to take. So I was always like against supplements, but that's our approach at Fuel. Is it's a complement to a real whole food diet, and it starts with whole food. So it is arguably real whole food at the end of the day, and and much more so than a lot of the other stuff that we've passed off as food, like Doritos and Coca Cola and all that stuff. Life Fuel is more food than ninety plus percent of the stuff that you'll find on supermarket shelves. Yeah, I love that because there are definitely a lot of, you know, quote unquote, like shakes or, you know, all, yeah, uh, the, the, yeah, I, we'll just leave it at quote unquote shakes um, that they don't have very good ingredients in them, or they're just like a lot of sugar or just the quality that's in there is just very poor. So um, being very particular in which one you're choosing is definitely <laughs> of, of importance, right? Um, but yeah, that's really incredible. I, I honestly, like I, I'd never heard of your brand until you guys reached out. And now I'm like, this is pretty awesome stuff. Uh, so really cool. I'm, I'm excited. Uh, I'm definitely going to be ordering one and, and giving it a try. Um, and then I've got two more points I wanted to hit before we wrap this up. And the first one is uh, a little bit of a personal question, just because I was doing a little bit of profile stalking on you. And I see you are like a world traveler. So I got to ask as, um, you know, a person who has the travel bug as well. What's your, what's your favorite place that you've been to? Wow. Uh, it's a tough question. Um, and we kind of got lucky and thrown into this worldwide travel. Like it's always something that I had had an interest in and, you know, really sought that out when I was done playing football and had the time to do it, but it's really, my wife is Brazilian. We started this journey that was totally unplanned we wanted to get to bali for our honeymoon and um again nothing was planned but we basically let you know cheap airfare and airbnbs guide our journey around the world and love it uh we've lived in over 100 different places i think in the past three years but during we were in southeast asia at the time like kind of we did make it to bali for our honeymoon which is incredible um loved bali it's definitely uh, among the top ones on my list in Thailand, Vietnam, circled back to Thailand and got into Australia and then New Zealand like two weeks before they shut down the oh, borders. Wow. And, and New Zealand during that time, they were still COVID free and, and, and all that. And so, you know, being we were dealing with all this, you know, stuff at the time, trying to figure out if and when we could get back into the US, but also weren't in a huge rush because, you know, after lockdown there, you know, it was pretty much things were normal, right? And so I think for the livability, the nature, um, the friendliest of, of people, like New Zealand is definitely one of the top places. Like if you get a chance, definitely go do that. It's just, 
I, I mean, it's just so easy. We were in, we, we did like both the North and the South Island and, and love both for different reasons. Like the, the beaches in the far North are incredible. And then you've got like amazing hiking and, and mountains and stuff in and around Queenstown and the, uh, the South. Um, it's just, in, you know, there's a, where's the uh, Milford Sound. It's like, an untouched world that you know still naturally preserved and it's just in incredible um to go see that and and so easy right like in la it takes you like two or three hours to fight traffic to just go like <laughs> yeah to go on a hike or something like that right yeah. there like 10 minutes out the door and pick a number of 15 different trails and all of them are going to be one of the most epic hikes that you've ever experienced so um you know, it's still not, you know, it's not like a ton of people. So it's like very easy to, the, I think there's more sheep than there are people there. So it's like very easy to move around and definitely reconnects you with, with nature. And, and during that time, definitely reconnected us with like everything that's truly important in, in life. So um, yeah, highly recommend checking out New Zealand. Uh, that's beautiful. Yeah, I haven't been to New Zealand. It's been on the books for a long time. Uh, actually, funny enough, I was in Australia uh, just right before everything shut down. Um, oh, in wow. Like 2020, I think it was. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was like just left, uh, which, yeah, we were in Perth and we did Melbourne for a bit. Super beautiful. Um, and then I don't know if you've been to South America at all, but if you do go, uh, ha have you been? Well, yeah, I mean, so you've been to America, Brazil. Yeah, Brazil, Colombia, okay. Peru, Machu Picchu. Um, yeah, but still more that I want. I want to get down to Patagonia and yeah. see yeah. more of like super South, South yeah. America. So. so definitely Colombia was going to be the ones that I would recommend. And then the yeah. other one would have been Argentina, uh, specifically down nice. in Patagonia or the Lakes District. Um, Lakes District is really beautiful. Uh, I think it's... Trying to remember, I can't remember the name. I always forget. I'll, if I remember, I'll send it to you though. And then yeah, awesome. down in, in uh, the Patagonia area, um, you got Mount Fitzroy. And so it's, it's super, super incredible. Beautiful. So absolutely, absolutely go there. Um, and I will go to New Zealand. <laughs> and awesome. yeah, so sorry, that was, that was a personal question. Cause after seeing that, I was like, oh, I got to ask this guy. Um, but all right. And then after that, uh, to kind of end the show, I want you to maybe just leave our listeners with, uh, what would be one health change that if you could recommend to just the general population that they could make right now to really improve, you know, the longevity of their life, or even just um, making sure that they can avoid most illness and disease, what would that change be? I think the biggest and, and probably easiest change is um, significantly reducing the reliance on ultra processed foods um, and, and really, you know, raising your, your standards for what you consider food. Right. Yeah. And I think those two go hand in hand, right. Uh, one simple example is if you turn around, like, let's say it is coming in a package, right. Ideally you want to reduce anything that comes in the package as much as possible. But if it does come in a package, like, can you pronounce the ingredients on the backside, right? Are there letters that don't <laughs> belong together, you know, in the English vocabulary? Okay. Are there letters and numbers like, you know, together, right? So those things, I think that's probably the, the biggest thing because with that, right, you're also significantly reducing refined oils and sugars and all this other stuff that we know leads to inflammation, all these, you know, chronic lifestyle issues. So um, the more 
whole foods that you can put on your plate and less reliance on ultra processed foods, the better off you're going to be. And just that little switch alone, it's massive, like how much your body will transform, how much your energy levels will, you know, change. Um, so like before you get all hyped up on whatever this new dietary craze is going to be, you know, there's always something new, right? That's the the core principle, the fundamental principle that's not going to change, right? Because you look at throughout the course of human evolution, that's largely what we've been designed to um, thrive off of, right? It's that dependence on whole foods, um, mostly from plants, but definitely completely from nature that uh, will help us look, feel, and perform our best for as, for as long as possible. Yeah, I, I love that answer. I mean, it's one of I think one of the health staples that is kind of like no one can dispute if you just move away yeah. from processed boxed food to the most natural source in which you can pick something from a plant or I mean, I guess like kill it as well, you know, that's going to be so much healthier for you than eating the whatever out of the bag or the box. So uh, yeah, yeah. I, I love that answer. That was a, that was amazing. Um, all right. Well, I think that's going to kind of wrap up this episode for us. So for personally, for me, I just want to say uh, thank you so much, Chris. It's Chris Mandarino, correct? That's right. Yeah. Uh, and I just want to thank you so much for hopping on this show with me and sharing a lot of health knowledge and honestly expanding my own knowledge as well. And uh, yeah, it's, it's really awesome. If, if there's anything you want to leave the listeners with in terms of where they can reach you or um, any, you know, your website, uh, life fuel, any of that stuff, uh, feel free to do so. Yeah, no, thank you. First and foremost for having me. This has been awesome. Hopefully, uh, your listeners, uh, gain some value out of this. And I would say for us and, and kind of encapsulate everything that we discussed, I know that like making changes and instilling new habits, especially when it comes to food and nutrition is, is always super challenging. It always was for me. And, uh, I know it is for, for everyone. And that's really, why beyond, I guess, our individual nutritional products, which are there as a tool, we've developed a uh, transformation program, which is really a holistic uh, approach to making these lifestyle shifts um, that if you don't know where to get started, that's really the best place to start your journey with us. I feel it also just kind of teach um, you these underlying principles that we, we touched on in the, the conversation today. Um, so yeah, but everything can be found on our website, Life Fuel. That's life with Y L Y F E F U V L dot com. Um, you can also find us on on Instagram and some of those social channels. But benefit is going to the website and starting there. <laughs> Absolutely, I, I have having gone through your website a bit. It is it's really cool, and and I love the information you guys have up on there. So um, I will definitely be adding those to the show notes, both the Instagram and the Life Fuel uh, website. So if you want to check that out, you'll be able to do so there. And yeah, Chris, thank you so much for hopping on the show with me. Thank you. It's been great. All right. All righty, you guys, you already know what to do. Do everything with good intentions and connect to your elements. And I will catch you on next Wednesday. Peace. This podcast is for educational purposes only. It is not a substitute for professional care by a doctor or other qualified medical professional. Evan Roberts is not a medical professional and this podcast is provided on the understanding that it does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services. Statements and views expressed on this show are not medical advice. This podcast, including Evan Roberts and any guests on the show, disclaims responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained in this episode. If you think you have a medical problem, please consult a medical professional.